Welcome back to the Loyalist Podcast. We're your hosts, Jake Gibson, and oh, Sam couldn't make it. We got my buddy, Sam's buddy, Kevin McDermott here. How are you, Kev? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's going to be tough to fill Sam's shoes this week, but uh, I'll try my best. So I'll, I'll take the blame for this one. Um, Sam asked me to potentially record on Super Bowl Sunday, um, to which I was like, probably just going to finish my grad school homework and then just did not finish my grad school homework until right before my Super Bowl party. So was not able to do it when he could. And, you know, and then Sam has adult things to do today. So Kev had to stand in, but Kev's ready to go. I'm, I'm looking forward to this, maybe a little more parody than usual. Kev disagrees with me on things more often than Sam. So it, it'll be good. Yeah, we're going to rely on parody for sure. Um, you know, disclaimer on me a little bit, two things I'll, I'll point out. One being, and I think this is one of your biggest gripes with me, is like I'm terrible at pronouncing names, like remembering lyrics. So as we go through this, if I say a player's name, that's like totally off. Um, you know, I still know footy. I'm just kind of a dumbass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, Second thing, like I also don't run a Premier League podcast, so I'm not going to be as knowledgeable as Sam is. That's just a fact. But like Jake said, um, we're going to run on vibes and parody. So if you remember, uh, listeners, if you remember from earlier um, in the podcast, we did uh, the Premier League draft. Kev was on that. Kev is a huge Manchester United fan. Um, but before we get into football, let's talk a little bit of football. Kev, did you watch the Super Bowl? I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did watch a lot of it. Um, you know me, I don't follow the NFL super closely. Um, when the Eagles are doing good, like I'll get behind that. Um, but I don't know, I just don't have the mental capacity for my obsession of United to have the same tenacity towards the NFL. But I did watch like the end. It was, it was definitely a good game. Yeah, congrats to the Chiefs. Um, I agree. I definitely know what you're saying though, because I only have so much bandwidth, like my whole life, like my, my main team was Villanova and then they won two titles. I was kind of like, got what I came for, you know, Jay Wright retired. Don't really need much more out of this team. Just if I, if they never win another title before I die, I'm happy. Then I was like, okay, I'll shift my energy to the Sixers. Then they'll win a title that didn't happen. And then I started a premier league podcast. So now like all my energy is in Arsenal and Arsenal have always been there in the background, but probably since high school, maybe since the um, 2015, 2016 race with Leicester where we were half in it, I probably haven't been this bought in. Um, but that's Arteta's whole thing. He reconnected the fans with the team. So I, I long, long way of saying, I know what you're saying in terms of like, I don't have the energy to, to put into that many sports anymore. Yeah. You got to pick and choose your battles. Big time. Um, but yeah, it was a good Super Bowl. Um, I enjoyed watching it. Buffalo chicken dip, um, always <laughs> always a staple. Um, had a lovely time with some friends. Um, I'm a big Patrick Mahomes guy, so that was vindicating. But that's not what the people are here to listen to. Um, they're here to listen to us talk about actual football, and that we will. So we had quite a, an eventful match week, um, but no serious movement um in the table 
Uh, if you look at how things stand here, there's been like this ongoing battle with Tottenham and Villa, um, and Tottenham now hold firm top four, but United kind of got a top four six-pointer. Um, so why don't we start with Manchester United, um, as that's Kev's team. Uh, a massive result. In terms of the full game, I think United deserved to win. It could have been a deserved draw, but when it was 1-0, or no, when it was 1-1, once Villa equalized, there was like a 10-minute stretch where it really felt like Villa wanted it way more. And that might have just been the momentum, um, but it, it felt like United were going to concede, and I was starting to get really nervous because that would have been a title defi- or a top-four defining moment in their season. But then they bring on Scott McTominay, and... Then he plays striker <laughs> in possession, Thank out of God. possession. And, you know, credit to Ten Hag, I guess. Kev, how do you feel as a United fan after this game? Um, after this game, I feel the same that I felt over the past few weeks. I don't feel like more confident in United in any way, shape, or form. I'm really just trying to enjoy this run of form right now. I'm just trying to enjoy it while it lasts because I don't think it will last, honestly. I thought Villa were better than us. Um, I agree with you. I think United deserve to win. Um, We stayed in the game and our substitutions were great. And Villa didn't didn't put away their chances. So, you know, we deserve to win in that sense. But just watching that game, the whole time I was just nervous that they were going to score that second goal. I think, yeah, Ten Hag made great substitutions. I was, as always, annoyed when I see Scott McTominay come on, especially when it's somebody for Marcus Rashford. But it ended up being the right play. Um, Yeah, we're just so far away from being a convincing team. Yeah, it's it's difficult to see, like, I don't. I always try not to sound like a homer, but obviously for teams like United right now and Chelsea, like that are trying to restart after you know years of prowess, you want to look at a team like Arsenal as the blueprint, and now Tottenham as well. Like they feel like they have a legitimate project, um, and I think I don't know. I, I I think I'm starting to get there with Ten Hag. Um, I'm glad that. He wasn't fired. Um, I don't think he's a tactician. Uh, I don't think he's the caliber of, especially as a, in a Premier League side, as Arteta or I, I won't say post Koglu because he has he hasn't done anything. But I don't think he's at <laughs> Arteta's level. Um, but yeah. I do. It is a good thing that they haven't fired him. I'm starting to feel like because I don't know. We now we have like two years of data to show that. Regardless of play, they get results, and it doesn't feel sustainable, but it maybe it is. Yeah, I think it's a new vision as well, a new manager, and I think he's a manager that isn't at the point of being someone like an Arteta, but I think he can become that, and I think that's who we want right now. I think that, that we need somebody who can grow with the project, you know? Um, somebody that isn't expected to be 
challenging for titles right away because I don't think any manager can come into United right now and get that from this team. Um, so I, I, I think he's the right man for the job, but I agree with what you're saying. Like he can't be totally off the hot seat in the yeah. long term. Yeah. I, I think he's honestly, I think his job is riding on the rest of this season. I don't know if Europa gets it done, but I, I understand in that every diehard United fan that I know that's competent kind of is on the same page that he should not be fired. So I, I feel like I should start defaulting to them more. Um, even Jay Motti, who you know is as diehard as they get, his career depends on them. And he was like, he is the guy. So, you know, I haven't seen it tactically, but I wanted him to take risks. And doing stuff like taking a guy that's supposed to be a midfielder, but he refuses to play defense, and putting him at literally the left side striker in a 4-4-2 to score a winner, I mean, that's a managerial victory. And I got to credit the guy. Yeah. I've been very critical, so I got to Dude, times. I think he listens to this podcast. I think he listens to you because <laughs> it's been multiple times where we said, like, he should do this, he should do this. And I'm like, I can't, like rebuttal anyway i'm like yeah he should and then like he'll do it but like three weeks later like the garnacho going to the right side like you said that pretty early on and i was like well he never played there and then he does it and it really works out so yeah i think he is seeing what the majority of people are seeing as well um and implementing it so it's it's nice to see that listen what can i say i'm a guru when it comes to tactics (laughs) um but no, I mean, this is a massive result for Manchester United and it's, it's at Villa Park, right? Like this, you can't understate how big this is in the top four race. I thought United were out of it. Um, and Kev recently told me he thought Arsenal were out of it. And this is, I think, in rel- uh, relative to their season, as big as Arsenal's win versus Liverpool was for them, this win is for United for their top four hopes because you got to be realistic about goals as well. Yeah, you do. Um, we talked a lot about United, though. I thought Villa looked good, and the sh- loss shouldn't uh, dishearten them in any way. I don't know. Sam and I have just been on the whole Unai experience. Like We have had the highs of <laughs> Unai Emery, and we've also had the low lows of Unai Emery and just like massive letdown spots. And yeah. they're, they were on a heater at home where they – hadn't lost at home in 15 matches and then they draw chef they beat arsenal the highest of highs they beat city in in over the course of three days at home and then they draw sheffield and then they almost lose to burnley who had 10 men uh and then they lose to newcastle this is all at home by the way and now they lose to united who just completed the double against them and chelsea knocked them out of the fa cup uh in uh, again at villa park so one, it's definitely not a fortress anymore. Um, and two, like, they're rattled, for sure. They're rattled, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm just saying, in the grand scheme of things, to even be toying and confidently saying that we're fighting for top four at this stage and being Aston Villa, I think that's a huge accomplishment. Um, unless they their season gets totally derailed, then... And I can be proud of what he's done, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, that's for sure. I, I don't want to be too reactionary. And we, we should look at the gr- bigger picture. Uh, 
Kamara just went uh, confirmed with a ACL injury, so I hope he recovers okay. But that's a huge miss. Um, he's been quite a routine starter for them, um, and that's you know definitely him done the rest of the season. So uh, yeah, it's not great times at Villa. They thought they were doing a title charge, and now they sixth <laughs> is looking realistic. Um, yeah, I mean. Listen, we thought they might be doing a title charge, so that's, I'm not gonna shit on Villa too much. But that it it's crazy how things can change in the Premier League. Um, and speaking of how things can change, Arsenal are in this title race. What a statement win! Um, because this is like a vintage Arsenal letdown spot at West Ham, Dex homecoming. Um, any Arsenal team of old loses this game, uh, but especially after that win against Liverpool, but. Coming into West Ham and just battering them, like one of the most dominant performances I've seen as an Arsenal fan. Uh, I think the first half was XG. Uh, West Ham had 0.01. Arsenal had 3.34. And they just kept their foot on the gas. Um, minutes for 17-year-old Ethan Nguyenary in the second half was nice to see. Odegaard, incredible. And Declan Rice, just the best performance I've seen him play in an Arsenal shirt, which was incredible to see. Uh, and this is a three-horse race, um, and I think over the last five games since everybody sold Arsenal stock for ha- not having a striker, I think they've been the best team in the league. They beat City. Um, they beat West Ham 6-0. Um, they beat Nottingham Forest. They beat Crystal Palace 5-0, all since coming back from Dubai training. And it it is just an exceptional run of form going into the end of the season they are peaking at the right time as opposed to last season where they peaked way too early. Uh, they got Burnley coming up, which shouldn't be a problem. And they start Champions League play in Porto, in Portugal. Um, and then they got Newcastle, Sheffield, Brentford, Newcastle out at the Emirates at home. Um, and then that's like a real nice run of form leading up to what is not. It's Chelsea, City, Luton, Brighton. So City at the Emir- at the Etihad, by the way. So we are in crunch time, but the whole squad is getting healthy. Party's coming back. Timber's coming back. Tomiyasu's coming back. Fabio Vieira's coming back. Emil Smith-Rowe. It's big. I don't know. Um, I, I am I'm feeling as optimistic as I've been at any point in the season, and we are in third by technicality. Yeah. I mean, I told you after Arsenal beat Liverpool that I'd still favor Liverpool, but I said it could – you could say that either way. I think I'm actually swinging more towards Arsenal at this point. Um, there's only two teams that have won every game in 2024. That's Arsenal and City. Um, yeah, you looked – it was just two different caliber of teams, um, West Ham and Arsenal. Moyes versus Arteta, wildly different styles of play. Um, Moyes – I don't know if he's the man for West Ham, but Arteta really is the real deal and encapsulates what you want from this new age manager. Um, so yeah, if you're ever going to do it, why not now? You obviously have to worry about City. Um, Sam and I talked a couple yeah. weeks ago about how it's just so annoying. It seems like every season they just have one game in hand, like half the season that you have to worry about. Like that was the case last year too. They just had a game in hand that was kind of like looming the entire like second half of the year. I guess they just have a lot of reschedules with all the competitions they play. But um, 
you know, we're tied on points, tied on goal differential. Um, a lot of advanced stats would suggest Arsenal have been the best defensive team in the league this season, uh, you know, aside from conceding the least amount of goals. Like, there's a lot of XG stuff there uh, to support that. Um, and that's with one of our starters, debatably two of our starters, some Arsenal fans would say, Tomi Asu should start over Ben White, um, out. And with our, you know, a starting defensive midfielder and party out pretty much the entire season. So the team's only going to get better. Um, it's just a matter of can City drop points. You know, they still have to play Liverpool at Anfield. They still have to play Arsenal at home. Um, but I I feel more confident despite being behind two points, an Arsenal fan than a Liverpool fan today. You know, obviously we beat them, but I, I, I agree with your sentiment there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, random cue. Do you rather Kai Havertz starting over Jesus? So they, this game they started Trossard at the nine, um, and I think the midfield, they kind of go based on... Um, based on matchup because Havertz played in the nine last game when Jesus couldn't against Liverpool and he, and Arteta clearly was leaning into possession um, with Jorginho. Uh, I think, no, I think ideally my, if everybody was healthy, I don't think for me, Kai would start Um, unless Jesus comes back and he continues to play poorly. Then I think there's matchups that him as false nine would, would be better than Jesus. I think our, our peak 11 has only really been seen in the first half of the first game. Well, no, because Arteta didn't even uh, start Gabriel in that game. I think it's only been seen in the last 15 minutes after we scored the winner against City. Arteta brought on Partey to seal the deal. And it was Rice, Partey, double pivot in the midfield with Odegaard in front of them. Up front, Saka, Jesus, Martinelli. And then in the back, um, in the back we had... Kivior, uh, Gabriel Saliba, Raya, and Ben White or Tomiyasu. Um, obviously, Timber has to be in there for me, but to answer your question, I think it's matchup dependent. I think Havertz yeah. wins the ball better. Um, he's 6'4", and, and an honest 6'4". He looks very big um, when you watch from home, but Jesus has quality on the ball that you can't replace. So I... I that's a long answer, but matchup dependent. Yeah, yeah. I just ask because it's been working the past couple games. Yeah, he's just he, – there's all these videos on Twitter about how he's able to, like, create space just by drawing defenders away when people are man-marking because he's such a big body presence. Um, and, like, he basically nullified Susek in the midfield, um, giving so much space to Deck and Odegaard to do their thing. Um, and they just both had the games of their life, so – I don't think that's by accident. So Havertz is doing a lot of great things despite not really showing up on the score sheet. Yeah, he's a useful guy to have around for sure. I doubt him, but he is providing a lot right now. So let's briefly run through the rest of these games. Um, So City, Everton, City, uh, take care of business. Um, We had City first half, City game, which is super annoying. Um, because Pep does unserious things like not starting Kevin De Bruyne, and then they come out flat, and uh, and didn't honestly didn't look that great in the first half. And then Shocker, the best midfielder in the world, comes on and everything's fine. Um, they only had three shots on target in this game, um, and 
kind of a poor game from Doku, who's sneaky been not being great after like us kind of stamping our approval on him at the beginning of the season. He's he's kind of been a letdown lately. Um, and Everton came out hot. DCL continues to let let us down, um, let everybody down. But you know, City in the well, end. I feel like he's not letting you guys down. You guys are always like, this guy is just woeful. <laughs> no, yeah, he just. So sucks. you're. <laughs> he hasn't scored since October. He hasn't scored since October. Yeah, yeah, um, that's bad. <laughs> but City take care of business in the end. A Holland brace, why not? Inevitable. Any thoughts on this game? Uh, nothing that you haven't said. It's just, it's really scary how City have okay maybe lost some games earlier in the year, but with their two, arguably two most vital players, definitely in the top three, if you're not, if, you know, if you're counting Rotary, um, now they're back. How are they going to be stopped? It's just, it seems impossible. Um, they're just, they're just scary, man. Um, KDB and Holland back. Huge problem for everybody. They're Thanos. They just don't want to kill half the population. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah. no, dude, I would argue Roger is definitely in that top two. Um, I just saw a stat. He went from February 5th to February 5th. I think the first player ever to go like play over 40 matches and go unbeaten in a calendar year, which is something else. Guys, unbelievable. Yeah, I guess you put him over Holland. Yeah, I would. Um, People who know ball, for sure. You've yeah. agreed with me on that in the past. I The Holland Ballon Dior stuff, when KDB kind of deserves all the credit there, it's a little tough. But credit the young guy. He's putting the goals in the back of the net. Um, Wolves-Brentford, we were just blatantly wrong on this game. We thought this would be all Wolves, and Brentford showed up. Um, Norgard, who I rate. and uh, I mean, Brentford have a lot of dudes that I like, Um but they kind of let Wolves sit on the ball this entire game. They weren't really afraid of what they had. Um, hit them on the counter. They only had 28% possession in this game. Um, and then Tony sealed it uh, with an, yet another goal. I think he scored in all but one of the games that he's came back since um, his suspension. So, I mean, nice win for Brentford. Disappointing for our picks. Um, but good for Brentford because, you know, Sam has been very convinced that they're going down. Um I, and I didn't really doubt that. I didn't think that was a crazy take, but now, you know, I wouldn't say like I'm convinced, that, but definitely could happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're only six points away from Everton um, and Luton. They're five points away from Luton who have a game in hand, but Brentford also have a game in hand. So um, anyway, this is a big result for them um, and credit to them. We were just wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Wolves are a better team than Brentford, I think. But, yeah, 17 shots, 72% possession. But Brentford had six on target. You only had five. They're more clinical. Tony's back. Yeah, tough, tough for your bets. But. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. I'm happy we stayed away from Fulham-Bournemouth, um, although there was a line – early in the season from me, I believe, where it's like, if it's two teams that you value similarly, why don't you just go with the home team? And more often than not, that has been correct. Um, so maybe like we should have sprinkled on Fulham. We didn't love the value uh, and Fulham come away 3-1 at home uh, against a Bournemouth team that we like, but they just haven't been very good lately. Um, and we have to we have to be honest about that. So 
Um, you watched some of this game on Goal Rush, yeah? How, what did you think? I think Willian is still really fun to watch. Which is crazy. <laughs> That's what I think. He's still thing. so fun to watch, man. Um, yeah, just watching on Goal Rush, that's what I noticed. Both these teams winless in 2024. I guess Fulham have a win now. Um, but, yeah, not much else to say. Um, Fulham, so William still, William had an assist. Um, we had a debate in the group chat. So we'll have to, I'll have to get Sam to weigh in on our later pod this week. Tony Watkins, Solanke. I don't think you responded. What's your order for that? I just agreed with you and Ev. Okay. So, uh, Watkins, Watkins Tony, Tony Solanke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, Sam will let defend his takes when he's here, but he said, did he say Solanke first? I think he did. I think it was the exact opposite of what, of what, yeah. Solanke, Tony, Watkins. He just has an agenda against Watkins, I think. <laughs> we did bet him to score one time. And he just did not. Um, yeah, Sam said Solanke, Tony Watkins said. We'll talk We'll talk about it on, on Thursday, but that that was crazy to me. Um, Solanke's done well, but I think Watkins and Tony are kind of otherworldly talents on their day. And they kind of do a lot in the creation that I don't think Solanke even offers a little bit. Yeah. Where do you realistically think Tony goes? Real I know Arsenal's still a shout. Real Madrid, okay. No, no, I was joking. Not a Prem team. Okay. No. <laughs> I believed it for a second, man. I was like, okay. I Honestly, was thinking a Prem team, but... I, I don't know, man. I, I think... I know Arsenal are going to splash this summer. They definitely have to sell some players. I just don't even know if I totally see it anymore. Um, he's definitely going to be sold. The, the issue with Thomas Frank saying... You know, we predict that he'll go in the summer. That kind of screws the board because that gives all their leverage away. Like that now, like they can't be like, well, maybe he'll stay because Thomas Frank just kind of screwed them there. Um, and he definitely won't go for the crazy price tag that was being discussed in January. Also, just because prices are higher in January. That's just how it works. More more need, um, supply and demand economics. Um Good stuff. And, um, <laughs> but, what other work can you throw? In there? <laughs> um, honestly, I could see United over Arsenal. They're in for a center forward, right? That's the reports. I, I think we were looking for somebody in January to be like a temporary backup to Hoyland. I don't think it makes as much sense when Hoyland's firing on all cylinders to get somebody like Tony. Um, I think we still need a backup striker, but I would prefer Hoyland to be our guy. Um, Tony, I think, comes in and is better than Hoyland, but I think Hoyland, we have to, you know, really hone in on his potential and get the most out of that. So I'd rather somebody maybe to play when he's not available. I don't know. I, I just – a couple things here. I'm looking at every big six team and like finding a more realistic narrative than Arsenal being like, we need our number nine and we want it to be Tony. Because I think he's only marginally better than Gabby Jesus on his day. Only issue is he's way more available. Like I could see, I totally think 
with Klopp gone that Salah's going this summer. So I could totally be like, Liverpool are just going to put Nunez out wide where I think he could be better and then just get a number nine, you know, get get a Ivan Tony in there. Chelsea just spend whenever, and Nkunku is just, con- like, he's what they, they need a good striker that can also create. Nkunku is that, but he's never healthy. And, you know, if they get more outgoing money, they could totally go in for Ivan Tony. He's been linked to Chelsea as well. And then when it comes to, I mean, Tottenham still have uh, Harry Kane money to spend, especially if they get Champions League. And there's been reports that Real Madrid are going to go for Holland. So if City lose Holland, there's another option there. So I, I, I think he's gone to a top six club. I could see any of them equally to the amount that I could see Arsenal. Yeah, depends what happens. Yeah, I think it's a domino effect thing for sure. But speaking of top six, um, Tottenham, huge result over Brighton. Last minute winner. Um, Pascal Gross scores a penalty uh, to start us off. Pape Sar and then Brennan Johnson completes the comeback. Really just class from Hungman's son came on, changed the game. Um, not unlike the city result against Newcastle a couple weeks ago with KDB coming back. Youngman's son is just one of the maybe four best players in the league, and he is just a game changer, literal to the word game changer. Yeah, he's one of those players that every defender in the world is just terrified of for good reason. Um, I also think Madison coming back for Tottenham has been huge. He is just all over the highlight reels, making passes that I don't even know how are possible. And another big factor for them is Richarlison is looking good. Um, He can be a joke at times, but recently I think he is like living up to the price tag. Yeah. uh, It's, it's really, really been fascinating with him. Um, The past like two, three months he's came on, he's came on the scene like in a really big way and really showed up for them. I've been impressed with what I've seen from him. Um, and it's kind of what they need uh, between him or Brennan Johnson. They need one of them to pop. Um, and now Brennan Johnson's even playing well, playing better. Um, so Tottenham might be your biggest threat for top four if you're United. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more scared of them than Villa at this point in time. Which is crazy. What, you know, considering, I guess, two months ago, nobody would have said that in December. Yeah. Yeah. One's had a big drop off. One has improved. Um, and they're getting, they're getting healthy at the right time. For sure. Yeah. Who else are they missing? Anybody big? At this point, uh, no, because Van de Ven came back as well. Um, unless I'm missing somebody, um, I think they have pretty much their, their strongest 11 back. I mean, I never loved their DMs. Pape Sar and Ben Tanker. You know, I feel like I feel like that could that be, could a lot be an upgrade spot. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe it's a Basuma thing, not being totally healthy. Maybe it's Hoybier Hoy mm-hmm. not being um they like him as a sub. Um they got that guy Dragusin from Syria that I I thought looked good in what I saw, but he hasn't really get, gotten a lot of time yet. Um but yeah, they they're pretty much fully healthy. Um and we expected them to beat Brighton. We thank God for Tottenham getting that winner because the North London parlay was all that hit this week. Would have been calamitous if it didn't. So um, Brighton played a good game. Credit to them, um, especially away. But Tottenham, you know, I'd say would 
I say deserve to win. Yeah. I'm still just waiting for Matoma to light up the scene. It's kind of it's one of those things with good wingers, and maybe that's you know the same thing. I should give more credit to Doku. Like I noticed this with Saka. Like there's like about a six months to a year period with a great winger or with a very good winger when they kind of unleash all their you know everything they got their bag full bag of tricks and they show their hand and then the whole league studies it they read their thesis and then a great winger develops off that and gets even better and just gives the defend defenders no answer and solves new solves defenses figures out ways to score figures out ways to create despite them understanding all their favorite moves it's what happened with Saka. After a year, I was like, man, now they're starting to double him. Now he looks really uncomfortable. And then three months later, he's out. He's better. Matoma, Doku, I feel like that's happening too right now. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, from there, um, Luton, Sheffield. Uh, we had Luton. Uh, I should have listened to our Luton consigliere, Ali, because he just was like, I don't know. It would be so Luton, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> and it really was so Luton that just this really tough result. Um, a true six pointer. Now Sheffield, I can't even cross them off. They have, they got three of their thirteen points in that game. Now they're even on points with Burnley, and realistically, they're probably both out. But that is just so tough for Luton, who I thought like could go into like fifteenth with a result there. Yeah, that's why it's just so annoying, dude. Like I'm happy, I'm happy Sheffield won a game. They got 13 points, but like it means nothing for them in the grand scheme of things. They're not staying up. There's just yeah. come on. There's no hope. Luton, that's the team I'm rooting for. That's like the team I want to stay up because they have a chance. Um, but yeah, this one stung. So let me ask: Do you guys like? You might remember better than me. I just fell in love with the idea of Luton and like their their stadium and like their fans and their this fun team that was signing Ross Barkley. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to plant my flag. They're staying up 17th. And then you guys all thought I was crazy. And it looked like I was crazy for the first like month and a half into the season. Like, did you know, like, did you do research for that? Like, did you really think like they were the worst of those three teams? Like, where were you on that? I mean, yeah, I did the research that you did. And instead of being like, Oh, this would be so cool if they stood up. I was like, no fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I heard that their stadium was surrounded by a neighborhood. And I was like, no way they'll do it. <laughs> so I didn't go that deep into it. I think I knew what you knew. You just got excited and I got skeptical. Yeah, it's reasonable. You're just a more sensible <laughs> person than I am. Okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> All right, then we have uh, Liverpool-Burnley um, in a really strange game. Like, this is another reason where I feel like I like Arsenal right now more than Liverpool because, I mean, Liverpool have been playing like this all season and getting the results anyway. That's the sign of a champion. Um, but, like, Burnley played them quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Sam texted the group chat, wow, Burnley could literally be winning right now. And he's right, like, they had chances to go up in the game. Um, But at the same time, Liverpool, I think a consistent theme for them this year has, like, been not playing great and just getting results. And then people looking back, like, oh, they won 3-1. But, like, if you watch the game, it was, like, 
kind of scrappy or just like not super quote unquote convincing. Um, they're kind of just convincing in their own way. They just have so much firepower up front that it's like so hard to stop. Like all three, four, all three forwards scored Diaz, Jota and Nunes. Um, Mm -hmm. they are just a force to reckon with up front. And like, for me, that's what sets them apart from other teams is like that firepower up front. They're dependable when it comes to scoring goals. Yeah. A lot of people who can score. Um, but credit to them. They got the result. They're still in first. Um, let's see who they have coming up because this is, you know, a title-defining stretch in the next month and a half. Um, so they have Brentford next, who maybe are coming into form, but then uh, away. And then they host Luton, which should be a win. Um, but then from there, uh, it's away at Forest, who, you know, Forest has been playing better. Um, it's home against City. Uh, it's away at Everton, Merseyside Derby. It's home to Brighton, home to Sheffield and away uh, at Old Trafford to United. And that's the next month and a half. So in that stretch, um, they have, not to mention the League Cup final against Chelsea, but they have away to Forest, um, home to City, away to Everton, home to Brighton, away to United. Not an easy stretch. Um, so I, I definitely could see, I mean, Hasala will be getting healthy. They won't have to only play Trent for half a game anymore. He'll be totally healthy. Robertson will be totally healthy. Um, he's already what about Slobosly? Slobosly, I think, should be there. I don't think it's totally long-term. Um, so they're getting healthy at the right time as well, but the way that their performances aren't, like you said, quote-unquote convincing, gives me pause to believe like they're just going to go into those big games and be up for it. Because I just watch them come into my favorite team's big game and not be up for it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be up for it. Um, Klopp leaving, Salah coming back. The, like, I don't know the word for it, are the, it's written in the stars. That's what I'm trying to say, I think, for Liverpool this year. Like, I know you think that it is for Arsenal too. You're an Arsenal fan, but just staying from the outside. They didn't win with the crowd. They had the COVID year. Premier League win. It hurts me to say it, and it hurt, and it sucks to be watching it as a United fan. But I just think it's kind of, uh, it's just like a great story if they win this year. Not a bad, not a bad point to make. Um, and any, like you said, you know they they totally could have been down this game. But any game like that where it's like fifty fifty, if they're at Anfield and it's this season, Klopp's last season, that's such an edge. You know, so down the stretch, that could be huge for them. Um, and as an Arsenal fan, I'm hopeful they can take points off City at home because that'll be massive. And, and they're just as much in the race technically as, as Arsenal are right now. So definitely something to monitor um, in the coming coming weeks, coming months. Um, and then a couple more games uh, before we get out of here. Uh, Forest hosts Newcastle. Did you catch any of this game? Um, I saw highlights. I didn't watch the whole game, but... Why is Alanga there and Anthony's here, man? Why is Anthony still at United? He's like the perfect, the perfect position, like first winger off the bench. Like that's exactly what we needed as Alanga instead of Anthony. Um, sorry for totally skipping what happened in the game, but that's just the first thing that comes to mind for me. I mean, it's difficult, dude. It's like 
he is like factually a better Premier League winger than Anthony, and he is he was sold for fifteen mil, and Anthony was bought for a hundred. So that it is just tough stuff. So I definitely feel for you there. And he's fun to watch, honestly. As an as a objective fan, I really enjoy watching him play. Um, very nice, uh, classy goal in this game. Um, and Hudson Odoi as well scored a goal, but Gimaraes just very impressive showing. He had a brace. Um, and Fabian Schar has been showing up on the score sheet a lot um, for a defender. But Newcastle able to pull out the result, eke out the result. I'm happy to have had half a unit on Forest. I really like their chances in this game. Newcastle just still the better side, um, despite our worries about them. So solid result for Newcastle. Um, they are now in seventh, five points off United, but they're they're definitely in the hunt for Europa. I like their chances better than West Ham. Yeah, I mean, it would be crazy if they finish El Villa. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's kind of trending like that right now. Um, they're still very far off them. It'll be an interesting next, what is it, 14 games? A lot can happen. Mm-hmm. Definitely a lot can happen. Um, but credit to Newcastle on a result um, at a difficult place to get one. Forrest still playing solid ball. They hung in there with a team that was – very much in the top four last season. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to get off of Forest. I'm still happy with how they're playing. Um, and the last game was Palace-Chelsea, and Palace basically were the better team um, for the first half. Uh, and Chelsea, I like, I don't understand how they just don't get as much shit um, sometimes as United. Uh, maybe they do in England, but on Twitter, like from what I see, my algorithms, it really seems like United. Sometimes even Arsenal get more shit than Chelsea and, like, Chelsea are in 10th, like almost. Um, Tottenham get more shit. Tottenham yeah. get way more shit than Chelsea. They're just the darlings of the English media, and like they're just their little baby they like to protect, and I don't get it. Connor Gallagher, whatever, he had a brace. Didn't he play for Palace? Like this is kind of fucked up that he just did this to his <laughs> old club and like celebrated so much. <laughs> yeah, they don't have a lot of chances to celebrate, so he's going to take it when he can, I guess. <laughs> And then Enzo. Here goes the Enzo. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, here come the Enzo. Enzo stands, dude. It was best midfielder in the world. It was such a bad goal. Like, did you did you see it? (laughs) I thought he did well to finish it, but yeah, like it was lucky that he even got to his feet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one player I'm impressed with in this side is Cole Palmer. Um, We've shit on him before on this pod. I, I do think he is he is very much a solid like starter on a top yeah but that being your best player come on cole palmer is your best player it's ridiculous not great like (laughs) it's not great at all um it's not great but whatever chelsea get a win what is this west london derby good for them what i mean i i don't have many good things to say like they go into selhurst park we liked palace's chances unfortunately well fortunately we didn't pick them um, we just said we liked them and they were very much in it for a while, but then Chelsea were the better side in the second half, Connor Gallagher brace, uh, Enzo seals it. Um, and they get the three points to put them alone in 10th. Good for them. Really happy for them. Yeah. And whatever. Lerma had a sick goal. No, I mean, that was yeah. probably the goal of the week. Absolutely. It was a beautiful goal. I, maybe Declan Rice, probably Lerma. But oh Declan yeah. De- Declan's was nice too. Yeah. Um, but that's the match week. Um, 
Sam and I will be back to your regular scheduled programming later this week. Kev, it was a pleasure having you on. Hope you had a good time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I don't think I screwed up any names, so pretty happy with that. <laughs> but I'll, I'll rewatch, and maybe that's not the case. We'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely, um, we'll definitely have you back on soon enough um, to be talking United if they continue to eke out results. Um, undefeated in February in like the last five years, which is such a strange stat. I guess it's just a guarantee. <laughs> I guess, man. Let's just let's just next year. Can we just like face City, Arsenal, Liverpool all in February? Is that possible? Yeah, maybe your whoever designs the schedules can take that into account. Um, <laughs> but all right, um, Sam, if you're listening, we miss you. Um, Kev, thanks for coming on. Um, we got you guys out of here in just about 45 minutes. So hope you enjoyed. Uh, rate and uh, share if you if you like it share to anybody that um, might be interested in footy talk um, and we will talk to you later in the week with some picks for the upcoming match week stay loyal see you guys later